We're here, guys. Hi. Hi. We are back so quickly this time to discuss all our reading from 2017. Yay! Yeah, and can I say, y'all have been reading a lot. You have. Like, we got swamped with answers. We got a lot of responses. And there weren't a lot of repeats. No, there were not. So, (laughs) I'm impressed. Y'all are... Y'all are out here reading all sorts of variety of things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Before we get into that, though, how have you been since the week? <laughs> In the last week. Pretty good. Um, feeling better health-wise. We've been having holiday, end-of-year stuff. Um, this is our busiest time of the year, so it's always fun. <laughs> oh, with all the fundraising and... Yeah, and people trying to make you know, charitable deductions by the end of the year, stuff like that. So, get those, yeah. Get those taxes. Well, get those taxes. I graduated yesterday. Yay! Yay! <laughs> and I am now done with school forever because I'm nice. never going back. Nice. And then we went out to eat, and that was pretty much, I didn't party that hard. <laughs> I had tacos and I went home. Um, nice. I was, like, surprisingly scared to walk across the stage. Like, I don't know why. why? Like, I got nervous. I don't know what it was. I just don't like being in front of people. Did you go to your Mizzou graduation? I did. I went to two of them. See, I only went to one. You were A&S, right? That probably lasted hours. No. Yeah. I didn't go to that one. I went to only the honors one. Oh, I went to the honors one, like, too. Because you got I'm to graduate on the quad in front of the columns. Well, except for it rained my year. It rained my both my brother's years. Oh, so we sucks. were never able to do it on the quad. That sucks. That's really yeah. the only reason I even enrolled in the college, the office college. Because <laughs> they're like, you can graduate on the quad in front of the columns. I'm like, oh, that'd be a nice photo opportunity. <laughs> and then the J school one was in some random auditorium. And I remember the speaker was the wine critic for the New York Times. It was, tr- it was a strange choice. <laughs> so... But yes, yeah, so I'm done. Yay! Yay! And so I'm just, everyone's like congratulating me and it feels weird because I sort of just got this degree on a whim. So it feels really <laughs> weird. I was like, well, it's free and there's really nothing else to yeah. do. Yeah. So now I got it. So well, congratulations. Thank you. I'm going to start dancing more twice a week, more than once a week now. So Nice. Um, and reading more because now I have all that free time. Very nice. So, which leads into what we read for the year. So, how was your reading in 2017? Looking back, how many titles did you read? How did you keep... I'm asking you 15 million different questions. Let's start with the first one. How many books did you read? Um, so, I know that one of my goals last year was to keep more accurate records. Mm-hmm. And I didn't. Oh, no. <laughs> like, I kept them in two different places. Um <laughs> So I have the spreadsheet that I did back in June because I set like a little reminder on my on my um, phone. I was uh-huh. like, oh, in June, do an audit of your reading. So I was like, okay. But mostly I kept track in a little notebook that I have at work. Uh. So if I had to guesstimate, I would say I had 45 titles this year. That's impressive. That's a good Thank number you. of books. Thank you. How many did you have? I had, so, okay, I'm really proud of how I tracked my reading this year. I know. You're fancy. I used a Google form, which feeds it to a Google sheet. 
So instead of having to manually enter things on the spreadsheet, you set the form up, you have it record the information. So like title, author, blah, blah, blah. And I set up questions like, was the author a person of color? Um, what format did I read? What genre? And so you just enter it into the form and then it, the spreadsheet itself organizes it. Nice. And so along with the, you know, data stuff on the spreadsheet, the form also has things like it made a little pie chart of how many of the books I finished. So I finished 96% of the ones I started, 2% I didn't, but that, that's probably not, that's probably going to change because there are some I don't think I'm going to finish this year and I'm going to have to move them into the unfinished before July 30 or J December 30th. Um, but apparently it looks like I had 60 responses, but that's not truly accurate because some were not read. Some were also audiobooks, which I feel like is cheating. I think my final, I can ask the spreadsheet. My final count was, I think I read, hold on, where'd it go? So I read 59. Oh, okay. 58. Nice. Yeah. So including like audiobooks. And I read a lot of poetry this year, which were sort of easy, uh, yeah. <laughs> easy little books to throw on there and some graphic novels. So you probably read more actual pages than I did, I bet. Maybe. On this I have, but this is only counting 34 of them, and it's <laughs> about 14,000 pages. Oh, yeah. See, yeah. I think my entire for the year was like 14. <laughs> so, yeah. Because I think you read longer titles than I did. I did read some behemoths this year. Yeah, you read some monsters. <laughs> Whereas I cheated and I, like, read that book of poetry. I mean, but that's Shit. not really cheating. I mean, like, it's like, oh, no no teacher is going to come and get you for it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I would highly suggest that if you're looking for a way to track your reading in 2018, creating using a Google form. because You, you have to share it. You have to share yes. it on, like, the blog or something. Yes, I'll make, I'll make a post about how to do it because I just... I really kind of like the little data analyst in me really loves it because you can ask it questions like how many books by authors of color did I read? And it'll answer it for you. It's really neat. Mm. So, so yes. So, so all together we've read more than a hundred books this year. Yeah. We read a lot. We were yeah. some reading ass females. We were. <laughs> That's a bumper sticker or a mug. <laughs> reading ass females. So, before we get into, like, what everyone... Oh, my gosh, we did read... We read This Could Be Us at the beginning of the year. We did. That feels like it was so long ago. It does kind of feel like it was a long time ago. <laughs> it's been such a long year. It yeah. has been a year, guys. <sighs> so, yeah. So, that's not one of my 59, 58, because I didn't count books I didn't finish. Uh, see, I have This Could Be Us, But You Play In, and This Could Be Us, But You Play In, too. <laughs> you did not finish the third one, right? Or you just didn't buy it? I did not finish the third one. I, like, I honestly, like, give you props for even going to the second one, because I was thinking about This Could Be Us earlier, and I was, like, <laughs> getting mad all over again. Because I saw they charge, like, eight bucks for the third book. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, I know that book isn't any better edited than the one that was only $2. <laughs> That's Where's how all they this get money you, going? <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, what are you looking over your titles? Which mm -hmm. do you think was the best book you read in 20? Best, however you wanted to find it, whether it was the most rewarding, maybe the best written, the one that stuck with you the longest, was the best book you read in 2017? Okay. True to Molly form. <laughs> <laughs> I picked three. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's fine. I mean, like, we could do a top three. I, feel, I, I couldn't narrow it down. Yeah. 
and one are um, like one and two of a series. So it's okay. technically four. <laughs> but I'm saying it's three. <laughs> you really interpreted that question very loosely, but that's okay. You know, that's my um, liberal arts degree at work. <laughs> The question was, what is the best thing you read in 2017? And he's like, I read three great things. I've read many great things. (laughs) Okay, so I would say the number one best thing, like all around, Mm -hmm. like start to finish, pen on paper, plot, character, critically acclaimed, any by any measure, the best thing that I read all year was probably Sing Unburied Sing by Jasmine Ward. Yeah. Yes, like that that book just completely knocked it out of the park. Like reading it, listening to the audiobook, like Jasmine Ward on Twitter even, just <laughs> any by any measure that was the best book that I read in 2017. Um yeah. <laughs> you know, go back and listen to our um our um episode on that if you want to. Um I, I feel like I couldn't have, I wasn't as enthusiastic about it because, um, you know, let's take a peek behind the curtain. That morning that we recorded, we went out to the movies and they had a new thing. It was uh, hot Cheetos with nacho cheese on it. And I had that <laughs> and I shouldn't, I really honestly, truly ha- shouldn't have had that. And it like just tore my insides to shreds. <laughs> so half of that episode, I'm literally laying in bed, like wrapped around the microphone like answering questions from Danielle like uh-huh. I want yeah. everyone to know she did not tell me this like I'm just finding this out at the same time as you are magic of editing like I was I was not well during the recording of that episode but I thought I'd share because so many people said so many nice things about us and how we inspire them to read and I was like see this is why yeah, yeah this, this is why, why I do it. it I will also say that book was um I think and I don't mean this as a negative but I think one thing we deal with that maybe podcasts that focus more specifically on one genre or the other is because we bounce around in genres so much uh-huh. so like when we read the genre fiction it's kind of easy to come and talk about what we read yeah. like after just one read like a like without having to digest it sing on buried sing and i feel like we had the same problem when we read beloved those books are really dense yeah and i think maybe we need more um rest time in between reading it and discussing it maybe to maybe like think about it and discuss it because like I feel that, and also I think we also just when a book is generally good we generally don't have as much to say because <laughs> it's like it's like we just keep saying yeah it's great guys I love this line this great was this line was great too it's like I think that it. one, yeah that one could have maybe benefited from and that's maybe something we can think of going forward just like maybe having a day to like sit with it maybe because beloved I remember feeling the same way about beloved like I had just read it and I was like I'm sure my thoughts on it will change by next week yeah it's like what's that meme of the barbie doll or the brad stall and her hair is all messed up and she's <laughs> in the coat like that's how i feel sometimes after reading these books so it's just yeah. like oh my god what but yeah so that was my number one best um so number two the one that i probably like just related to best and the one that just really spoke to me like as a black woman living in 2017 as you know late 20s person in this world in the US mm-hmm. um was there are more beautiful things than Beyonce. Yeah. She's funny on Twitter. She is funny. Um 
so the, Morgan Parker. Morgan Parker, I guess. <laughs> um, she is really funny on Twitter. We did get like some really nice feedback from her, which is really encouraging, especially since she, we read that one like earlier in the year. Mm-hmm. So she was, I think, the first author who we've read who like retweeted us and like, I think, sort of interacted with us. Like yeah, that. really engaged really with us. I was yeah. encouraging in a way, like saying, "I wrote this for people like you too." And, like, that came through in a way in her poems that I don't think anything else on my list of books, like, really spoke to me on that level. Right, yeah. Um, But, yeah, so those were um, uh, top two for different reasons. And then my third, which would be um, uh, some books that I talked about the last two weeks were those King Killer Chronicles. um, (laughs) Has anyone read them and like? Please, someone read them. They're going to be all over the place. Um, So I finally finished them. I finished the two novellas, uh, well, the novella and the short story, like in the same world. And I'm just absolutely, absolutely in love with these books. Like they're just so charming and sweet. And I really, honestly, can't wait until. you know, this media takeover that they're going to have in the next couple of years and everyone will read them and I'll be like, yeah, so awesome. Please talk to me about them. But I did like, I was trying to, um, like I went on Reddit and some other sites and I was like, oh man, what should I read next? Because that's where I got the suggestion for these books. And mm-hmm. I noticed that some people, some of like the really hardcore fantasy nerds were like, oh, this book sucks. And one of them <laughs> literally said, um, people just like it because it has beautiful prose and interesting characters. And I was like, huh. I think people like that dish because it tastes good. Yeah, because it's it tastes nourishing good. For and, their it's, body. and it's healthy and nourishing. It's just like, what else? huh. What 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 else is there? I don't know. So everyone's been recommending, and this will be my read, you know, if we're talking about what we're reading now, the Stormlight mm-hmm. Chronicles, I think it's called. I've been listening to it, and it is, like, definite, like, this is some, like, really hardcore fantasy, and I think that's where a lot of the, um, uh... Dislike, yeah, of the other of the other book is coming from because it's not that really like dense, dense hardcore fantasy, um, and it's it's taken a minute to to sink in with me. Like I think I'm 15 hours into this audio book, and I'm like, oh, mm. yeah, there's a yeah. lot of book here. So I'm really gonna try to stick it out through this next one and round out a year of reading a a second year of a surprising amount of fantasy novels but I can't say that I would continue on I might be looking for something else so Uh, you don't love it as much as the other ones no like at first I was like maybe I'm just looking for like pure escapism but the more I like go back to it the more I'm just like oh wow like this is just a very different um, structure for a novel, which I really liked. Um, so yeah, those are my top three <laughs> slash four. <laughs> what about, then, what's that? I will follow. I will follow your lead uh-huh. and have more than one as well. Because looking at my list, it's true. You can't narrow it down to one. Mm-hmm. So I would say Sing on Barry Sing too. And since you said Sing on Barry Sing, I'll also go with a similar and say probably the best 
most well-written book I've read outside of like Sing Unburied Sing was Beloved. Um. And I think about, I don't know, I think about some of the lines from that book every so often. Like I think about, there's no how, what was it? Um, that a house in the country ain't packed to the rafters with some dead Negro's, dead Negro's grief. I think of that line. And I also, in lighter moments, just think of Ella being angry. <laughs> At ghost you loved her <laughs> i did because it was just like such a surprising you know there's this serious book about racism and the violence it does to black bodies and you just have this random woman who's pissed because this ghost isn't following ghost rules mm-hmm. and it's like why did tony morrison <laughs> include that it's just, like, it's just so funny it's like lady there's so many other things to be angry about <laughs> And then it has what I think is probably, like, the most romantic line I was thinking about this. Like, even in all the romance stories I've read, like, I think that book has the most romantic line I've ever read. Where it's Sixo talking about, um, I don't think the woman is ever named. The woman he keeps running away mm-hmm. from the um, plantation to meet. And um, I think it's, I forgot the other guy's character. Oh, Paul D. Mm-hmm. Sorry. <laughs> He's like, why do you keep doing this? So on my spreadsheet, I have quotes. This is why I can read it word for word. But um, Paul D. asks him, why do you keep going through all this suffering for this woman? And he answers, Sixo answers, she's a friend of my mind. She gathered me, man, the pieces I am. She gathered them and give them back to me in all the right order. And I was thinking, I'm like, that's the sweetest thing I've ever read. I love that line. Yeah. So it's such a dark, depressing book. So that's probably the best book I read all, like most well-written book I've read all year. Yeah. Um, the book I kept going back to was probably An Extraordinary Union, because I'm me, <laughs> and that shouldn't surprise anyone, by Alyssa Cole. We did an episode on that one, and that's one I think we discussed more about, like, romance tropes and did more about, we did the follow-up recently, um, A Hope Divided, but I think it was that first episode where we really dug into, like, romance tropes yeah. and what makes a romance, yeah. So that one was fun. I've been rereading that one because it's just a perfect, like, little Venn diagram <laughs> of everything I like about romance in romance novels and it's all there um and then finally probably the one I like shallow genre like like if this was a popcorn like if we're talking what's your favorite movie versus you know like a popcorn book I'm trying to think trying to make an analogy like a popcorn movie versus a real film so like genre fic versus real literature Uh my favorite was probably um the dark towers 2 the drawing Uh of the three it's the second book of the Dark Tower series. Uh-huh. And, like, I'm still slowly but surely working my way through those Dark Tower books. <laughs> and I have not loved any of them as much as I've loved the second one. Interesting. It's really fun because it's, like, I don't know. I can't figure out what genre the Dark Tower is. It's sort of sci-fi. It's sort of fantasy. It sort of has, like, these horror elements. But in the second one, it's, like, it's, like, um... Oh, I was listening to this lady. She described basically instead of having like someone from the fantasy world or the real world going into a fantasy land, they have the fantasy character come to the real real world. Mm-hmm. So Roland, who is the gunslinger, he comes into New York in the he comes in three different time periods: the nineteen sixties, the nineteen seventies, and nineteen eighties. And it's just funny because like he doesn't know what the hell he's doing. He's this real like regal noble gunslinger. And he's, like, disgusted by, like, the cops because they're, like, because <laughs> he's, like, making it one, like, he can't hold his gun and he's overweight. And he's, like, who the hell is this guy? It's just really great because you see, like, the real world through his lens and it's, like, a fish out of water kind of thing. So that was probably, yeah, my second favorite one. Hmm. And I'm kind of, I don't know, I, I was wondering, like, if this second one hadn't been as good, would I have kept going on? 
And I may not have. Mm. May not have because I just love the second one that much. So there's a lot of action in it. There's a lot of horror in it. So it's really good. I'm on the fourth one now and it's just going on and on. (laughs) Stephen King has the gall to get pissed off at Twitter for adding 280 characters while at the same time writing this book with 1,200 pages. Well, Stephen King's gone Stephen King. (laughs) God. He's such a spooky old man. Yeah. You know what I... Did I say this on here that I watched that um, Gerald's game? Did I say that? Oh, you did. You mentioned it. That one is weird. I started the book. I didn't finish it. The, the movie is really good. Is it? I have to say Yeah, that. it's really freaky. The, isn't the premise, like, it's this couple in a cabin and they're, like, playing a sex game, but then the husband, like, keels over <laughs> on a heart attack? Yeah. And the wife is handcuffed to the That's bed? That's it, exactly. Like, that's the horror. I mean, like, I mean, that's a scary premise. Yeah, and it's, like, um, to borrow a term from um, a podcast that you introduced me to, um, We Hate Movies. <laughs> I love that podcast. <laughs> like, I feel like that the Gerald's Game was, like, the most, like, faithful or most perfect adaptation, now that I've done two years of reading a whole bunch of Stephen King adaptation of Stephen King that I've seen so far because it just it got a Mm -hmm. lot of what I really like about his writing like a lot of the really like gross out and a lot of the weirdness and as they say a lot of the clickety clack cocaine um (laughs) (laughs) that kind of seems to fuel um some of his most most memorable writing so I didn't I didn't read that but I read Dolores Claiborne um this year and just you saying that I was like, oh yeah, Stephen King. I read a lot of him this year. I I realized today, like I read. A, I guess I'm a Stephen King fan, and I never like it hit me today. It's like, oh, I like Stephen King because <laughs> like I never at one point sat down and I was like, oh, I'm gonna read all this stuff. I've just like slowly, steadily consumed enough of it that it's like I've now read maybe half of his catalog. Yeah, it's very easy to pick up and just read like yeah, like you know you were talking about uh, beloved or. Um, sing I'm buried sing and maybe this is an unfair analysis but it's like it's very easy he wants you to read his stuff he wants to be very accessible and that comes through in his writing so if you're kind of stressed or you need like that popcorn novel it's very easy to pick him up and just kind of lose yourself in the what do you what does he call it the gotcha of it yeah which I which I appreciated this year (laughs) <laughs> exactly I needed that more now than I've ever needed mm-hmm. it and popcorn novel was sort of what I was getting at when I was stumbling about trying to make a movie analogy but yeah and he sort of have you read Misery I, I have like Misery is a direct sort of his direct response to that whole kind of thinking because I didn't know did you know he had won like a lifetime achievement award by the National Book Award Foundation and like apparently quote unquote real authors had like a thing really because he's not literature as we think of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, because I was, I don't know what I was, I was, this is when I realized I had read had his catalog. <laughs> I went on Wikipedia and looked it up, and that's where I discovered, yeah, he'd won this award, and there were some highbrow authors who were just not very pleased. Interesting. I mean, I feel like we, we see that a lot, especially this yeah. year, year, since with our podcast reading, I feel like we intentionally try to read a lot of genre. Um mm-hmm. That it's kind of like, oh, well, that's just a comic, or that's just romance, or that's just crime. Mm-hmm. And it's like, but you can you can write within a set of boundaries and still produce really 
interesting and thoughtful and well-constructed work. Right. And I think a lot of the things we think of as classics started out that Probably. way. Probably. Great Expectations was serialized in a newspaper to make money. Um, the Jungle, similar situation. It was like a sensationalist thing to raise attention to, like, the meat packing. I don't think some of the stuff that we think is of highbrow and, like, classic literature is as untainted by genre as we think. Yeah, seriously. I mean, you think back to, like, uh, when you, you asked me, I think, in one of the romance, oh, have you ever read romance? So I was like, oh, I've read, like, Jane Austen. And it's like, <laughs> at the time, they were like, oh, this is smut, basically. Novels are just yeah. for the frivolous, like, woman's mind. So, I mean, I feel like it's just recently that, like, literary fiction has become its kind of own bougie thing. <laughs> Oh, we got We love bougie. We do love bougie. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so that kind of leads in. I'd be interested to know. I think you probably know mine, but feel free to ask after I ask you. What was your mis- most disappointing read? Whether it be just you didn't like it, or maybe it wasn't what you thought, or okay, come back to you me. Bad come read. back to me. Okay. I will. Dis- I don't need to harp on this. Could be us, but you plan. So everyone knows that was the worst book I read in 2017. But if I had to say disappointing, I was thinking about it. I think Exit West might have been because I would like to start by saying it's a really good book and it may just deserve, it may deserve a second chance. It's a very short novel. I could probably reread it again easily. And I think it is very relevant because if you don't know what Exit West is about, it's, um, let me find the author. It's by Moshin Hamid. Moshin Hamid, and it basically it takes place like in a magical, realistic place. There's this war-torn country, and we follow this this couple who escape their country through these like magic circles or magic magic doors. It's a magical element, and so the world sort of has this refugee crisis because these circles pop up, and refugees walk through them, and they end up in like random spots throughout the world. So you sort of see how different countries deal with the refugees who magically appear in their um, borders. Mm-hmm. So it's really good and it's really relevant, but I think I was hyped up for something else because they sort of, on all the marketing materials, sort of promote it as like, okay, so I'm a, you know, I'm a hopeless romantic. They sort of emphasize the fact that the couple are like, it's a pair of lovers and they run from home Mm. to try and save themselves and escape their war-torn country. And it's not like that at all. It's still good, but it's not what I was led to believe it's sort of like how i felt after wing i knew you were gonna bring up swing time (laughs) (laughs) because that was my biggest issue with swing times like it's not bad but it's like i don't like it when i get primed to read one thing it's a totally different thing because of market yeah because of marketing and it's a totally different thing so it's still good and i'm gonna give it another read because it's very short and i do like how he writes he's a very beautiful writer yeah and it has very sweet moments but um it just was not what i was it's not what I was expecting. Uh, interesting. Okay. Swing time burned me. I, so apparently I was thinking about it too. Like my mom just asked me, she was like, oh, um, I have this student in my class who's mixed. And she's like, I know you guys have the podcast. And she's like, this girl is kind of like, you know, starting to come into her blackness. And do you have any books that she should read? And I was like, okay, well, here's some. And then I was like, People are going to tell her to read Zadie Smith, and I would just, like, warn her against it. (laughs) Like, 
Like I said, I, I tried with Swing Time. I tried with White Teeth. I tried with, what's that other one? NW or Northwest or something. And I just... Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can't. I can't. I can't. <laughs> and like, yeah. And like, coming into her blackness, I still wouldn't... Because, because that doesn't know. happen like, in the book. I, think I only have... Yeah. I only have Swing Time to go off. And I was like, well, she doesn't really... I can't really say what the point of that book was other than the fact that she and her friend had a relationship. That was probably the biggest arc in the book. She and her friend had a relationship that got bad and broke. Yeah. Her. I I just... Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Zadie Smith. I gave her an unfair... I didn't really give her a fair shot because that was the first one I read completely unaudible. You know what, though? Lots of people give Zadie Smith chances. It's not like she's out here struggling or she's going to, like, she's not, be crying into her pillow because we didn't like her. Like, Zadie Smith is doing just fine. <laughs> Without <laughs> our chucklehead opinions. <laughs> We're just comparing chuckleheads. Oh, gosh. Um, yeah. If I had to say... I'm really mad, though, because I really wanted to like that book. <laughs> I, you were really... You were, I think, the most excited about that book out of all of them. The book on the back cover sounded amazing because it was like dancing and broken childhood relationships. I was like, yes, all these things. I'll it's it. like if an extraordinary union is like the perfect like circle for your interests, then this would also be in there. But it just it didn't it deliver. didn't deliver. It hurt me. Um, if I had to say my most disappointing read of the year. I would say um, The Husband's Secret by Leanne, Leanne Moriarty. I was thinking about reading that. I just wanted to know what a secret was. Do you want me to tell you? Because it's so dumb. It's incredibly, massively stupid. Oh, I probably won't read it. So, yes, yeah, spoiler alert for The Husband's Secret. It is so dumb. Like, I was so angry. I will preface this before you get to the spoiler. I read Big Little Lies and I absolutely loved it. Well, I listened to the audiobook and I. Fell in love with, like, the narrator. I think I said this the way she pronounces the kid's name. She's like, Ziggy! Ziggy! And it's, like, the cutest thing ever. Like, I absolutely, absolutely love that narrator. And so everyone was like, ooh, read The Husband's Secret. Read The Husband's Secret. Like, because I watched Big Little Lies. Then we watched, or we, I read it. Then I watched the TV show. And then I was like, oh, my goodness. I want to hear more about what Leanne is up to. So they're like, read The Husband's Secret. And I read it and I was so disappointed. Um, <laughs> so if you so if you don't know, this book is like about two couples. And I'm like really reaching back in my mind now. I think they're like sister, like wives are sisters or they're connected somehow. And like one guy, the husband, he like leaves one lady for the other lady. And then there's like an old woman and a kid gets like hit by a car and the old woman's mad because she thinks one of the dudes killed her daughter. Um, and it's like all convoluted. I mean, that'd make me mad. That would make you mad, right? But it turned and then he's like, yeah. oh, man, I, I killed this girl. I killed this girl like we had a secret affair or something. And it's like going back and forth between the day where the girl died and um, like, I think it's like 20 years later or something where all the repercussions and this lady like runs over their child because she thinks like the 
the child's father killed her daughter, and then the little girl loses her arm, and they're like, I... There's a lot happening. There's way too much happening. And this is even putting aside all the affair bullshit that I can't even remember. And then she's like, uh, the old lady's like, well, I guess like an eye for an eye, basically. Like my daughter got killed and your daughter lost her arm. So now we're equal. That's, but then it, that's not really. But then it turns out. That's not equal at all, but whatever. Then it turns out that, you know, we go back in time and we see the, the old lady's daughter and she was like this wild teen and she went out to meet her secret boyfriend. And then she's like, I'm going to break up with you. And he like starts choking her. And so he th- he cho- he starts oh choking God. her and then she dies and he kind of hides her body or something. And then, um, so he thinks that, oh, I killed her, I killed her. That's why he's okay when her daughter loses arm later. And he's like, uh, uh, I guess we're even. But then it turns out that she had some kind of like asthma attack or something and she was supposed to go to the doctor that day. So you see it from her eyes where he's kind of choking her. He kind of like touches her neck lightly. And then she has like an asthma attack or something oh. and dies, and then and that's his, a, and that's his, his secret? secret. He thinks that he killed her, but he didn't he really. Didn't. But then he kind of did because he just left her there after she had the asthma attack. But then they're all okay with it because the daughter lost her arm, like in present day. And the whole time I was just like, "What the fuck is happening in this book? I don't give a fuck about any of these people. What the fuck? Like it just." That that was probably the most, like, that's not the worst book that I read all year because I, there were definitely some that I just stopped reading in the middle. I was just like, fuck yeah. this book. But this yeah. was the one, this was one that I read or listened to all the way through and I had high expectations for it and it just, like, let me down. That one, that whole twist reminds me, did you read Celeste Ng's Everything I Never Told no. You? No. Oh, I won't spoil it then. But, I mean, I guess I supported it. No, go ahead. But it is... Well, I mean, do you want me to... Yeah, I mean, okay, I will say Celeste is another one who's had a little tiny bit of engagement with us on Twitter. Even though we've never done anything to promote any of her books because I haven't read any of them. So... Oh, I like... Yeah, I'm not going to hit on the book. I like the book. I read the book and I really liked it. But I will say I think the ending was disappointing because this isn't a spoiler. Um... I'll let you know when the spoiler is. The spoiler starts with, like, there's a couple, there's a mixed-race couple living, I think, in Ohio. It's They're just living somewhere in the suburbs mm-hmm. in the Midwest. And um, their daughter, their oldest daughter, mm-hmm. dies, and they think she's committed suicide, and it sort of follows, like, the aftermath mm-hmm. of that. And we do flashbacks on how the couple met, and we do flashbacks on, like, when they were little. And you sort of see flashbacks on the expectations they put on their eldest, and it's sort of shown... The mother, who is a white woman, um, you sort of hear that she put a lot of her dreams on hold to get married and have mm-hmm. children. And then the father, who is Chinese, you sort of see from his perspective that he was never really popular or, like, had a lot of friends. And so they both sort of put their wants mm-hmm. onto her. The mother wants her to be successful in school and do well and become a doctor, while the father wants her to sort of, like, know that she, he wants to know that she's doing and she has a lot of friends and she's popular and she's going out and being like sort of like the social success mm-hmm. he wasn't and so they wonder like is this the pressure that sort of led her to commit suicide blah 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 and then at the end this is the part that's a spoiler we find out she didn't commit suicide she accidentally oh. drowned which i think sort of takes away <laughs> yeah that's what i was like oh 
Because it was like you were kind of wondering like what was going through her mind the whole bit, and then like she went into the water to swim, even though she couldn't swim. She wanted to prove to herself that she could swim across huh. the pond. Surprise, she couldn't, and she drowned. And so we sort of learned that at the end of the book. And I remember thinking, well, this could have been. I really liked every like I liked the characterizations. I liked the characters. I liked her siblings. They were really interesting too. And I liked. It was a really heartbreaking book, but then you have this ending where I feel like sort of her own agency in the book sort of got taken away because she didn't even make her own decision to... Yeah, to end her life. It was just like, oh, oops, yeah. I'm drowning. Yeah. So, yeah. And I like Celestine. I have her second book, Little Fires Everywhere. I everyone, everyone yet. on the face of the planet has been recommending that book to me. <laughs> I have it. I'm going to read it and, I'll let you, and we'll see if I join everybody yeah, else. If I finally do either end or give up on <laughs> the storm Just like the high, the high fantasy. fantasy um that might be my next read okay before we move on to um uh our audience participation i want to ask you two more questions cool. what was the weirdest book you read all year hmm what do you mean by like, like something that you're just still like when you think back on it, you're like huh Okay. I don't like to harp on things, but I'm going to harp again. I read, I would like to, for, I like to go over this thing. I think this author is really nice and I, I really love her personally. I just can't with the books she's read, mainly before the audience they're mm-hmm. aimed towards. But I read The Sun is Also mm-hmm. a Star, which is the y, a YA book. It's her second one. She also wrote Everything, Everything. And I remember reading the premise and being really excited about this book before I realized that everything in the book takes place over the course of one day. Okay. So it's like a love story. She runs into this boy and they like fall in love. They have like a traditional YA romance, which I already find sort of unbelievable. (laughs) Now it's even more unbelievable Uh because it takes place over the course of like 12 hours. And so it was, had a really weird format. It had a really, but I liked what she attempted to do. She, you know, have you heard that New York Times experiment where, um, like, oh, you can ask any strangers 38 questions. Mm If you ask them these 38 questions, they'll fall in love with you. That was like the running thread of the thing. And I think that's how she was trying to make it plausible mm-hmm. that they would develop feelings for each mm-hmm. other. I wasn't buying it. I mean, I feel um, like love is, you know, when you wake up in the morning and someone like smells bad and you still want to kiss them. Like, it's not like, yeah. oh my goodness, you asked me these questions and you put me under mind control. Like, it's such bullshit. Well, I- you know yeah i i've read that experiment and apparently like it worked mm. like they did that on some couples and they ended up getting married oh. because the point is it's supposed to like expose like some vulnerability you <laughs> have like you're supposed to ask the questions and you have to look at the person in the eye and it's supposed to like make you emotionally vulnerable <laughs> <laughs> insert molly's sound of disgust <laughs> so i've heard of this experiment but i was like well you're already like you're not even i don't even think they're I think she's 17, which is sort of older teen, but really like... I'm still a baby. You're still, yeah, you're a kid. You're a baby. And I like, would have been a lot more interested if they hadn't had the romance and they just focused, because along with the romance, she's basically running around town trying to get an injunction on her family's deportment. Oh, well, that and, seems like the yeah. the story. <laughs> yeah, a very interesting part. And especially when you hear about like the reason they got deported was because their her dad like who she doesn't like, there's tension between her and her father, like, fucked up one night and, like, basically told a cop (laughs) that they were in the United States illegally while drunk. Way to go. And it's like, yeah, and, like, it was really interesting. Like, that whole part was really interesting. 
And then we'd have this love story. And I was like, okay. So it was, it was interesting. I read a lot of just weird uh-huh. stuff. I read like, um, let me see. I read Blubber for the first time. Mm. That is an abusive book. That's supposed to be a children's <laughs> book. It's not. Um, I found, also found like a whole genre of Victorian, like gay romances, which is interesting. Mm. Because um, I've read a lot of historical romances, and I like to, and I really love them when they involve some marginalized community. I love historical romances that have black people, and so this one had like LGBTQ, hmm. and I was like, that'll be interesting. And it's really weird because they get there happily ever after, but they can't acknowledge it. It's oh. like, we just have to pretend to be roommates for the rest of our lives. <laughs> <laughs> this is 1800s England, and we can literally be in jail oh. for this. And like, so it's weird. Like, so I read some of those. <laughs> Listen, I just want any romance that features, like, not just straight white people. Mm-hmm. I'll read it. Mm-hmm. So, um, I was trying to find, I found one that took place in, like, 17th century China. Oh, cool. I'm like, that sounds interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, those were the weirdest um, in the poetry. What about you? Did you have I one? I did, in mind. Um, Eileen <laughs> by Otessa. Oh, and I'm going to mess this name up. I'm so sorry, Otessa. Moshfeg? <laughs> M-O-S- H-F-E-G-H. Um, and it's, I, I don't know if I talked about it. I might have mentioned it. I just picked it up from the um, library. And I thought it was about that Eileen serial killer who, like, one, <laughs> one night, like, I watched that documentary. And I was, like, so spooked out. And then I called my mom. And I was like, oh, my God. I watched this crazy documentary last night. She's like, about Eileen. And I was like, oh, my God, yes. Did you watch it, too? And she's like, Yes. So when I picked it up, I thought, yeah, I was like, I was like, is Eileen trying to tell me something? But um, (laughs) no, it was a, it was a very different book about um, a girl in the fifties in the Midwest. And it's just very strange. Like I, I really honestly thought it was going to be about the serial killer and you can tell it's building up to something. So the whole time I thought she's going to go on a killing spree and she doesn't <laughs> but it's just i just but it has it has a lot of those like overtones like something really terribly awfully bad is gonna happen and things do go bad not serial killer level bad but definitely very bad and i just like it's just it's like a kind of disgusting book like the way she's describing like her bodily functions and she does this weird thing where she just like goes into the basement to poo like once a week and she takes like all these laxatives and it's just it's strange it's an extremely strange book um it it sounds like how i felt when we were reading charlie freeman yeah something terrible something terrible is gonna happen yeah kind of like that kind of like that so that would be my weird my weird read where i'm still just like what happened (laughs) Uh, what was your second? Okay, my final question was: um, What's some? What's a book that surprised you? It could be that it surprised you how much you liked it, or surprised you just open your eyes to something, but just something that surprised you. Um. Okay. I don't have a smart answer for this one. This one's going to be sort of. I was really surprised by. There's a book called It Devours. It's the second Night Vale novel. Mm. So you know how. Every fall, like, I don't know what happens. I guess it's because, like, it gets dark early and it's just spooky. 
I get back into Welcome to Night Vale, the podcast. And so they released their second book this year, and I didn't, I was not a big fan of the first mm-hmm. one, because I thought they were doing too much. Yeah. And I also think sometimes... Yeah. You read it? Yeah, I did. Yeah. I also think sometimes their writing works better... Spoken. Orally. Yeah. Or orally. Yes, yeah, spoken. Because they're used to writing for a podcast. Mm-hmm. So this one, it was called It Devours, a Welcome to Night Vale novel. Um... It was a lot better because, one, unlike the first book, it focused on characters we already... There were more characters that we knew and recognized. Mm. The first book sort of has some minor characters, and we see, like, cameos from all the characters from the podcast. This one, while they're not the main characters, like, Carlos is there and Cecil is there, and they play a bigger Mm. role. This one, I think, also had a more, like, blatant message. It's kind of a cliche message. It basically wanted to talk about science versus Mm -hmm. faith. And how neither one really explains the other, which is fine. And they did it in a cute way. And I liked the characters. I thought the characters were really engaging. So I was surprised by how much I liked that one. Because it had these, Nightmare will have these really clever lines that are like really deep and impactful, hidden inside like their surreal ridiculousness. Interesting. So that was one that really surprised me because I did not expect to like it. I checked it out from the library and then I went and bought (laughs) it because I liked it so much. Like, but I did not plan to like that one at all. (laughs) I was not really excited when they were like, the second Nightville novel's coming out. They're putting out a third one now, right? I think they have two more script books coming Uh out, which is basically they'll just put a collection of But I think they have a third novel coming out. Oh, I didn't know that. I do know they have a TV show coming out. Yeah, that'll be interesting, because I think one of the more interesting things about Nightville is that um, their characters are very ambiguous. Like, you don't really know what Cecil looks like, which people have, like, when you look at the fan art and stuff, it's like he's all Mm -hmm. different colors, and he's got, like, 18 arms and 30 eyes, and (laughs) I hope that they don't kind of destroy some of that, like, it's anything you can imagine with, like, committing them to a certain look. Yeah, that's why I'm sort of afraid, because it's also incredibly diverse. That's exactly what I'm getting at. Yeah, there are a lot of characters of color who are characters, some of them they just imply can be, and fan artists have taken it, and and then there's some others who are straight out saying, like, this is a little black girl, Mm -hmm. this is a Hispanic man, Mm -hmm. this is an Asian woman, and I don't want the show to be, like, oh, yeah, it's like I never got, I never got from this that, that, oh, white is default. Like, if they, if they're not describing a person to a T, I'm not imagining them and I think most of the quote-unquote fandom isn't imagining them like oh this person is white that person is white this other person is white it's like no they could be pretty much anything like you could imagine them or you feel like they are if you feel this connection to them so I I don't know I don't know it'll be it'll be did you ever do you listen to lore I do sometimes um I try to get it I don't like I like Night Vale because it's fictional. So here, uh-huh. I'm really weird. I I don't like, like, ghost and witches stuff. Uh-huh. Like, the spooky stuff. I get recommended lore a lot by my podcast because I like listening to things about unsolved crime. Like, true crime. I really like true crime. Uh-huh. So I like, like, when BuzzFeed Unsolved does their true crime episodes, I love them. When they do their supernatural episodes, I hate them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, do you- because it's usually just them in a dark room, like, talking to quote-unquote ghosts. Oh, yeah. Like, oh. I can never get into that show. It's too goofy for me. I 
I hate, I, I'm fun. the true crime ones are good because it's like, there's actually something there to talk about. Do you listen to Case File? No, I haven't listened to that one. Uh, that one's that like one. fucked up. I have to find that one. I'm, I'm always on the, if you have a good, especially an unsolved true crime. Listen to Case File, but listen to it like during the day and not out okay. in the desert. Like when I <laughs> marathoned a whole bunch and went over my uh, data limit <laughs> this summer. <laughs> Yeah, because I love those, but Laura has a TV show now. It does. That's why I was asking, because their TV show I thought was well done. Like, it's a lot of reenactment, but oh my God, the lobotomy one, that one had me fucked up. Yeah, because they do some true crime, they do some true crime stuff too, don't they? Like, not, not true crime, like you, like you traditionally, yeah. Like, there might be things involving crimes, but it's more about the folklore story or myth that surrounds the crime than it, the crime itself. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm not big on, like, that aspect. I like things like Sword and Scale. Have you listened to that one? No, I haven't. That one's creepy. It's a true crime one. And they use, like, he tries to use as many primary sources as possible, mm. which can sometimes be really frustrating because it's, like, I'm listening to this really hard to listen to, like, court recording of um. somebody testifying. And then he'll have to repeat what they're saying. It's not like on TV where they can have subtitles. Yeah. It's like just the audio. Yeah. Um, but I like stuff like that. So yeah, I need to check out Lore. But um, Check out check out Case File first. You might like that one. Though. Okay. Case File and then Lore. But yeah, I love Night Vale and I love that how inclusive it is because they've set a precedent that's like, well, we say this person, but don't think they're white. Yeah. So they could be anything. So And I kind of like the fact that I don't know what Cecil looks like. I imagine him. I've seen the phone. He does have, I think he has three eyes. I think that's part of the horror. Oh, yeah. Because I think there was an episode where somebody was describing him, and they were describing about, like, how he has this third... Like, they were describing really grotesque features. They do this a lot, and I love it, where they'll describe something really grotesque and horrible as if it's an average, like, an everyday occurrence. Like, I know one scene that sticks with me is when they describe Cecil's recording booth, Mm -hmm. and they're talking about how, like... He's like, oh, well, it's covered in viscera, blood. Oh, and yeah. Oh, yeah. As a recording booth should be. And it's like, that's really effed up, Cecil. Yeah, like a clump of hair. Like, I'll yeah. say that I, I probably listened a lot and was really into it up through the arc where... What's that other town that came and kind of took them? Desert Bluffs. Yes. I love that whole. I love that whole thing. And that, that's like, those two, those two episodes where it was like... um. Like him and then the Desert Bluffs guy and they were kind of like Kevin. mirror, yeah, Kevin and they were mirror episodes. Like those are probably like some of the best scripted podcasts I ever heard of. Like where they're talking I about the boy and he's blind and the bird and just jumping and it's like so horrible. And I was like, oh, it's so weird. Because <laughs> they do creepy so well. I love They do it. creepy really fall, well. I even like every, the girl at the end who does the, uh, the proverb <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> and it's like some like freaky joke. Yeah. I like I like their ads too. Their ads. Nike. Just do it. Do it. Do it. We said do it. I love them. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, you should offer this is we're really off talking now, but since those are your two favorite, you need to go back and listen to the triptych episode. It messed me up. Oh, yeah. I love it. You'll love it too. I'm gonna send it to you after this. Send it to me. So um, um but yeah, so which one surprised you? I'm gonna say um a go-to of ours that we've talked about a couple of times, so I won't talk about it too much. But <laughs> I'll say the life-changing magic of tidying up. 
<laughs> Girl. I didn't say that, but I was like, I've harped on that enough. I am still not rolling up my socks. <laughs> I'm like, I have a week off after work, and like, you know what I plan to do? I plan to like, just get the junk out. Yep. Because like, we talked about it, and I remember, like, saying, I think maybe it was the one where Alyssa was on, and I was like, I don't need another book to clutter my house and tell me how to be clean. And then I got it, and I was like, I don't know, like, a clean goddess, you know, of my mountain of, like, organization. It was, it was surprising how that book wormed its way into my mind. Well, because, like, I like how it changed my thinking, because, like, I hold on to stuff, and she's like, but are you doing the best by holding on to that thing? Wouldn't it be better to let it go and find usefulness with someone else? And I'm like, holy shit, you're right. You're right, girl. So, yeah, I, I really like that book. <laughs> Did you hear how she um, apparently, the national, there's like apparently a professional organization of organizers yeah. in the United States, and they are not too fond of her. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah, she's like, they're like, she's not saying anything we haven't done and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I can't get, I'm not about to be like that intimidated by some petty thing. Yeah. By somebody whose job title is professional organizer. Yeah. I mean, but, it's uh, like, yeah, what is like that? It. So three different people yesterday actually referenced the um, haters ball from Chappelle show to me. <laughs> so I'm just going to pass that right along and be like, hate, 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 hate. Exactly. <laughs> Don't be mad. I, I did. I recommended that book to someone, and she like she audibled it, and she showed it to me, and I was like, "You go, girl. Like, you gonna get your house in order." They have a I manga still, yeah. too. I saw that. I checked it out. It seems a little sexist, though. <laughs> oh, oh, doesn't it like it follows the story of this like woman who's like She's filthy, and it's like no man will love you because <laughs> <laughs> you just can't keep your apartment clean. <laughs> it's so funny. Uh, okay, that's all the questions I had. Uh, I want to see if there's anything else I want to comment on. Oh, unpopular opinion time. Uh-huh. I was thinking about the hate you give, uh-huh. and I think I rated it too high. Really? Well, I gave it a four, and I think I'd knock it down to a three. You were still, you were not as enthusiastic when we read it. Like, if you go back and listen to that episode, if I'm remembering correctly, <laughs> I think that you weren't as in love with it. As I was. Maybe. Yeah. And I think that's fair. Yeah. Because, like, I don't like, this is rude, but, like, I liked it when it focused on the stuff I was there for, which was about, like, I don't think she spent enough time talking about, and maybe that wasn't the point, but I would have liked to spend more time about the shooting in the aftermath and less about, like, Chris <laughs> and Haley and their Tumblr drama. It's like, I don't care. Yeah. If she wrote an adult book, I would probably love it. If she had written an adult book about that topic where she could get into more of those difficult things. Yeah. Have you seen all the controversy around the casting? No. So, um, you know, our girl star is um, described as a dark-skinned girl with very kinky, curly hair. Oh, and they got Amandla yeah. Steinberg. Which, on one hand, I really like Amandla. I think that she yeah. speaks her truth. I think she's an amazing actress. Um, all those things. Is she who I picture when I saw pictures star in my mind? No. Like, no. I mean, that's just the God honest truth. She's not. Um, do I think the, oh, that's going to ruin the movie and be so terrible? No, I don't. Probably I think not, she's going to yeah. do a fine job. Could it have been a situation where Angie Thomas could have said something? Because I think she was saying like, oh, I don't cast and, you know, kind of deflecting a little bit. I don't know. Maybe I should go back and see if she... Di- addressed it a, a little bit more directly 
But I just, I saw a lot of people kind of saying, hey, wait a second. And I, I didn't see the, quite the response that I, I thought I would have seen. Well, you know, who else is facing similar J.K. Rowling. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, she so I literally just picked up my wine and almost said, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because people are not loving Johnny Depp right now. No. I don't. I think Hollywood has not caught up to the fact that he's kind of got more scandal than maybe he's not as bankable a star. Yeah, and I mean, it's fair criticism. Like, I've seen a lot of people yeah. saying, I never felt that strong of a connection to Harry Potter, but I know that a lot of people are like, oh, this really, like, help me through abusive situations or depressive situations. And now to turn around and see her defend this guy who's, you know, not got the best reputation. It's confusing and upsetting to people. Like I get it, you know? Yeah. Well, did you see the one she blocked one, one girl? And she was like, I spent years tweeting love to her. And the first time I tweet something critiquing her, I get blocked. I didn't say that. Like, yeah, that kind of sucks. I mean... Yeah. Like, J.K. Rowling, um, maybe I'll get hate for this, but I don't know if she's always been as progressive as people give her credit for. Like, I think a lot of people, I think a lot of the fans brought a lot of the progressivism to Harry Potter. Like, oh, people are like, oh, is Dumbledore gay? She's like, yeah, sure. Oh, is Hermione black? Why not? And I don't. (laughs) I don't know that that was in the books. Like, I think that that's what people interpreted because they were growing and changing. And yeah, maybe Harry Potter sparked this acceptance or this willingness to be open to new ideas in them. But I think that that was something that came from the fan base and not necessarily from J.K. Rowling. Now, kudos to her for not shutting things down and being like a total troll. Like, no, you're reading this wrong. Or, of course, Hermione's white. Or, of course, Dumbledore is gay. She's always been very like, oh, whatever you think. But I think that people are going to her for some of that, that, um progressive ideas that they had themselves and she's not reflecting it and I think people are surprised by that I agree I think well I don't think she like had I don't think she's how do I want to say this she I think she probably has very liberal views and I think she probably was like she believes she supports you know like people of color or thinks she believes she supports people of color and like LGBT and minorities and other things but I don't think she was as active when she was writing the books because it's like it's like where are all the Latinos and the black people or the Spanish people or the Muslims you know where are they in Harry Potter world and another critique I hear is apparently the books do a lot of queer baiting which I don't know much about but I know like it's a problem like don't pretend that one of your characters is don't like Dumbledore being gay seven years after she wrote the book isn't really that. It's not, yeah, it's not the big LGBTQ triumph. Victory. Yeah, it's not doing that many people any favors. It's like, yeah. oh, yay. So, especially if you had to, like, read the press 100 or 50 years from now, if you don't have access to that, like, article that talks about that press conference, would yeah. you even know? Probably not. So, yeah. I don't know. But I think she, um, yeah, I don't know. I never read Harry Potter. So, I don't have strong feelings about Harry Potter. But, um, and I sometimes get irritated when that's all, like, if you go visit any book place, this was a problem with me with BuzzFeed. If you go to BuzzFeed books. Yes! It's past, all Harry Potter. It's all Harry Potter. You would think no other book in the past 20 years ever 20 written. Years had ever been published. And it's like, it's, it's fine. 
Like, you know, it's, they're fun books. Like I always say, if it's bringing people to reading, if it's opening up like a love for reading in people, that's awesome. But don't let that be where your curiosity stops. Yeah. It just saturates everything. It's like, yeah. Yeah. So, so. but I, and then on the other hand, how much, you know, going back to her and um, Angie Thomas, like how much control does a writer have over casting? Probably not a lot. I mean, maybe maybe it's different for J.K. Rowling, but, you know, I, I don't want to over-criticize or, like, wag my fingers at them and not, you know, these studios or whoever. Like, we posted that thing that um, George R. R. Martin, where he was talking about that one character um, on his blog, or his not-a-blog, and it was the, uh, it was essentially, like, a giant woman, and he always pictured her as, like, a, um, a black woman who was, like, stronger and smarter and faster and like more sexual it could drink it could do all this stuff but it was like it was basically like a um it's following some tropes it's a science fiction novel and it's supposed to be like these socially engineered people and Mm -hmm. she's just better at everything than the first round of people and he's like i always pictured her as black i wanted to be her black Oh, and then okay. when they put out the book, like, they put a white woman on the cover. <laughs> and he was, like, he talks about how he went to his publisher, and he's like, that's not at all how I wrote her. And the publisher was like, yeah, well, but you can't put a black person on the cover and say she's better than all the other people. And so he was like, could I have fought harder? Maybe. Was I a struggling writer? Yeah. And it, you could see that struggle. Like, I don't, you never know what goes on in a person's head. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, maybe you know, more times than we know of authors have struggled with this, I'd be willing to believe. But but still, like, there's so many more channels now, yeah. I think, for people to say, hey, at least engage in the conversation without just shutting it down or blocking people offhand. I will say it's still pretty great that a book inspired by the Black Lives, Black Lives Matters movement is even making it to theaters. So I'm That's gonna- true. I'm really, I'm really proud of Angie Thomas, even though I've done absolutely nothing to, for her to be proud of. <laughs> but, um, we've talked about that, these weird feelings we have for people yeah. who do absolutely nothing. But um, yeah, I will say, speaking back about the casting, I don't think Hollywood gets colorism. Like, it's still, it's still, so. it's still trying to deal with racism. You can't ask it to get even more nuanced, because I remember when they were doing that um, Thurgood Marshall movie, and they cast <laughs> Chadwick um, uh, yes, to be Marshall, and everyone's like, guys, the fact that Thurgood Marshall was as a light skinned black man as he was was part of the reason why he was able to do some of the things he was able to do. Right. You can't just stick. Or like, the yeah. girl then, from um, Zoe Saldana playing Nina no. Simone. Well, I wasn't going to go. I was going <laughs> to. Sorry, I just I pictured that, <laughs> and it just. Oh, man. Remember that? I, yeah. I was going to say, what's her name? Yara from Blackish on her spinoff. Did you see this the other day on Twitter? Oh, no. And someone was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to watch. Or he, I think the person was like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm a fan of Blackish, but I don't think I'll watch her spinoff. I think it's Grownish. And they're like, because every time there's a black female character, she has to be, like, not really black. And so Yara responded, she was like, well, you can watch it or not, but to say I'm not black when I live every single day as a black person, 
like is kind of disingenuous and the the person is like falling all over themselves oh I mean like you only see one type of black person and you're only a quarter black so you're not really black so I don't really think it's fair for you to be like claiming to be black or something and so she she had a good response she was like you know to kick me out of blackness isn't fair when she lives her life as a black person but she's like but there is a discussion about colorism on television to be had so it's like let's have that conversation instead of saying you're not black, you're not black, you're not black. Let's say, hey, why aren't we getting this full range of what it means to be a black woman on television? Right. So it's just, I think this yeah. um, this uh, royal, what's her name? Uh, Merkel or Merkin or... I, I looked it up. I wouldn't go, oh, the, the new <laughs> fiance of Harry. Yeah, I think can... she's just revved up a whole bunch of feelings i found the tweet that started it and i looked was at it? the apparently it's like i'm a pass on grownish like i passed on blackish how is that yes only occurs when the oldest daughter is racially ambiguous <laughs> i mean she's like i'm looking at her she's she's clearly not white yeah and like, i mean you're not mistaking her for like i don't get it i i, I don't know to me, it's like, she's black. Like, you look at certain people, you're like, you're black, huh? Yeah. It's like, you know, you recognize your own. And just to be like, well, you're not, you're not really black, I feel it's kind of like, relax. Like, yeah. let's talk about colorism. Let's talk about how, yeah, it's her and, um, uh, what was the different world? The two girls on there? Oh, Zoe? Or, uh, not Zoe. No, yeah. Zoe Kravitz? No, Lisa Bonet. Lisa Bonet. There we and, go. Um, Whitley, and Whitley. Uh, and the other one. It's like, how is there no dark skin lead actresses? I like, I like how you're like, the other one. The redheaded one. You know who yeah. I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, like, let's talk about, either. instead of putting all these people aside and saying, that's not black. It's like, let's talk about why there isn't a full range of blackness. I will say that's why I like Living Single better than A Different World. True. I love that show. Plus, you know, um, you didn't have to sit through uh, seeing Bill Cosby. Oh, that's also true. So, um, yeah. I don't know. I still can't get over the chat with um, so yeah, Do you want to go into the responses? Or did we have any other final book talk? I don't think so. You see who is our most... I was looking to see if I had any interesting stats. Um, but yeah, I think I finished most of mine. I read 45% of what I read this year was romance. <laughs> 45. The next biggest chunk was uh, 13% was biographies of memoirs. Oh, okay. How many genres do you have on there? I broke it down into literary, romance, science fiction, mystery, biography, memoir, nonfiction, graphic novel, urban lit, poetry, YA, and other. And one of them made it to other, and I can't figure out why, because... What was your other? I think it was Blubber, I guess, because it's a kid's book. Ah, I have fantasy, nonfiction, romance, literary fiction. For some reason, I differentiated that from regular fiction. (laughs) Science fiction, horror, crime, historical memoir, comic, YA, thriller, urban, essays. Yeah. 
And then fantasy slash horror. Didn't fantasy and horror exist as their own? They did, but I didn't know where to put the land of laughs. I think I tweeted the cover for that one. Look it up if you're if you're curious. I didn't know where to put that book. Yeah, I think with when I redo this form for 2018, I may tweak some of the questions, have fewer genres, because why even have an other if we literally <laughs> list out every single other one? Um, 51.7% of the books I read were by authors of color. Uh, I know that I wrote this out on my um, paper one, but I don't have it on this this mm-hmm. other one. So, um, And then 26, the greatest format, the biggest format was Kindle with 26 of the things I read on Kindle. I read 11 print books, 11 audibles, and 11 on Overdrive. Oh, yeah. My biggest one is probably Audible. Yeah, you're an Audible machine. Yeah, it's because I have that long-ass commute. So, yeah, I think I definitely, I will make a post, because I, like, I was really happy. I've tried to do notebooks. I tried, at the beginning of the year, I was trying to do a written notebook, and it did not work. I've tried to just use Goodreads, but I think this so far has been the best way I've found for tracking my reading, and I'm really happy with it. And I like how I can add new tabs so I can keep all of my years in one document. I'm jealous. You have to share it with us. Yes, I will share. <laughs> I just really like, that's the one thing I've gotten from this MBA, is I just really like spreadsheets. <laughs> um, okay, let's move on to the audience responses for... Um, yeah what the best thing they read in 2017 was. Yes. So yeah, we asked you as part of our BCL chat. So this will be a super big episode. I think, is this our final episode of the year? I think so. I think because just the way that it shook out and I don't know if we're going to have another chance. We might have some, a surprise for you at the end of the year, but we're not a hundred percent sure yet. Yeah. So yeah, our final BCL chat and we asked what was the best thing you read in 2017 and we got a pretty good number of responses. We really did. Um, do you want me to start or do you want to start? You can go ahead and start. Um, okay, so one of the first one we got, we got um, from Breasted Boobly at author underscore DL White. And she said she had a bunch, uh-huh. like we did. She said she read 140 books this year, which <sighs> she did, she outfested all of us. She did more than we did combined, plus <laughs> some. <laughs> um, I mean, she's an author, it's part of her work. So, um, so some books she mentioned was. Um, and Christopher's Deadly Secrets. Mm-hmm. She said it's a trilogy, and she read the first two. She said it was stupid good. Mm-hmm. Um, Rachel Hozel Hall, City of Saviors, and Shelley Ellis's Lust and Loyalty and Love and Betrayal, the last two books in the Chester Ten Scandal series. And she said she read all four because of all caps. Drama. Drama. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not familiar with any of those, but I will look them up. Yeah, I think I looked I like them up. I like little short previews on <laughs> drama yeah they seemed really interesting but i i was not familiar with them um, um that's nice it's like there's a whole bunch of stuff i know i've discovered a lot of books just by people right sending in stuff <laughs> um so our next response came from arlene from atlock pressed books um she said this is so hard but new but new boy by tracy what is that? Chevalier? Chevalier? Yeah. Um, the Book of Phoenix by Nettie. Lilith's Brood by Octavia Butler. And Forbidden by um, BCL oh. favorite, Beverly Jenkins. <laughs> Beverly Jenkins. 
Um, it's a dollar. Um, Holla, it's a dollar. And it was nice that actually that Cha- Tracy uh, Shavler and Beverly Jenkins both thanked Arlene for shouting them out, which I thought was adorable. Yeah, that's really cute. Octavia Butler couldn't because. Well. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, I've read, I've heard, this one I'm more familiar. I'm not familiar with New Boy. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know, I haven't, not familiar with the book of Phoenix by Nettie. I discovered like every time I turn around, Nettie has some other book that I was not aware she was. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's like, oh, I wrote that too. Um, I've heard a lot about Lilith Brood and that may be what I have to read. Now. I know. I was, that was on my, um, that's been sitting in my audible cart. But again, it's like less than the amount of a credit, but also more than five dollars. So it's like <laughs> it's that weird area. It's that weird area. Um, I you've got me. Like I used to not. I used to spend my credits on whatever because I used to just want to spend them on uh-huh. them. And now I'm like hesitating to use. That's how I ended up finished. reading all those like forty plus hour books. Oh, then you should do Dark Tower. That should be the next one. See, but Dark Tower is like eight different books. That means eight different credits. They need to put that shit in one. (laughs) Um, I have read Forbidden, which was good. That was by Beverly Jenkins. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's the one I think you bought it, but you didn't. And I started reading it, and I got confused because you were like, oh, this Scottish guy. I was like, Scottish guy? <laughs> and then I was really waiting for the black guy from the cover to show up. I was like... Um, yeah, that was, we, did a, we read Extraordinary Union, and I think I confused Molly by saying Forbidden, and she bought that one, and it was not the book, yeah. Both were Forbidden good. Was, um, yeah, Forbidden was where the marrying hero is passing, yeah. which I've never seen done in a romance before. He was passing as white. And she was walking through the desert. <laughs> she got left there by like an evil priest. Yeah. I was thinking about that. I was like, you know, for a woman who's supposed to be all smart and world savvy, uh, like, she, why did she let that man? Like, I don't know. Don't I don't take rides from random white dudes now, and it's not. It's not civil yeah. War. But it was a good read. Um, the third book in that series comes out January, oh. February. It's coming out. She's got. She's finishing it. I up, think next so. year we're gonna have to read a Beverly Jenkins book for the show. We should. Yeah, I think we should read Indigo because I've read that one and. <laughs> The accent, I think you'll like it. The lady who reads it tries to do a Creole accent. Oh, no. <laughs> it is so enjoyable. It is so enjoyable. It's probably my favorite part. Um, I love it. Um, so our next one comes from um, Amy Leroy's mom, or AR at Amy Leroy's mom, and she said she couldn't narrow it. She could narrow it down to three in no particular order. Half a Yellow Sun, mm-hmm. which I believe is by. Um, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, her name's on the tip of my tongue. Jomenda. We know, you know. Um, and we should all be feminists, who I can't remember. Wonder, who doesn't have an author. I'm going to have to find that one. And The Joy Luck Club by Amy Tan. Hmm. Have you ever so, read The Joy Luck Club? I, I haven't read it, but I saw the movie in middle school. So, no. <laughs> Same. No. That's another one where um, everyone's like, oh, you got to read it. You got to read it. And I just haven't got it. Oh, well, that's. That was also one I heard that um, some Asian Americans don't like because they say it has a very racist view of um, Asian of Asian men and women. I was about to say just men, but then I remember I think they had things with both. Oh, so interesting. It's interesting. I figured out what Wonder is. It's being made into a movie. It's the one I think where um, 
you've probably seen the trailers for it. It's the little boy with the space helmet, and I think he has a facial deformity. Oh, and he goes to school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and the cover, now that I look at the cover, it looks super familiar. It's like a silhouette of a, there's like a line drawing of a young boy's face with like dark hair and just one eye, one blue eye with wonder um, written over it. You know, you're saying that and I'm thinking of, um, what's that clockwork orange? Oh, Alex? (laughs) (laughs) I know that's not it. But yeah, but it's by uh, Oh, I have seen this. Yeah. So the author is R.J. Palacio, and so it came out in 2012. Palacio? It looks like, yeah. It came out in 2012, but the movie is out now. Yeah. And I know I've seen as for the movie. I saw that, and I was like, if I had a kid, I would definitely take that kid to see this movie. Yeah. But. So. Because that's the same, that's the same actor from um, The Root, or not The Root, from Root. Oh, is it? Uh-huh, and that's, I've been feeling, I need to read that book, because apparently the movie is a lot different than the book, oh. so that's The Kid from Room, which, if you haven't, have you seen that? Or have I've read, read it, one? I haven't seen it. Oh, see, I have to read it, I've only saw it, and so apparently there's a lot of differences, <laughs> or not a lot, but there's some big differences. That one messed me up. Oh, God, that messed me up. Sorry, we're off topic <laughs> now. But yeah, so, yeah, The Joy Luck Club. That's the only one I think that I was familiar with. Be a little hesitant, yeah. But if I read it, I would want to read an Asian American. Yeah. Perspective. See, I thought an Asian American person wrote that. <laughs> I think she did. Oh, okay. <laughs> Amy Tan, I believe, yeah. But I think there were still people who were like, "Well, yeah, like, you can still." Because apparently, the men in the book are very um, sexist towards women, and oh, they're really? very strict um... and sort of, yeah. You know, um, I was going to say, you can be, you can hold um, bigoted positions against your own ty- your own kind. And before yeah. we started, Danielle was like, is there any news? And we were like, no, no. And we, we completely forgot about our girl getting kicked out of the White House and starting a civil war amongst <gasps> black women. <laughs> Amorosa. Like, first of all, I didn't even know what she was doing in there. I forgot that she was. Like, she had, no, I didn't mean about to, that, no, I'm sorry. Right. <laughs> that was, I mean, from, uh, what's her name saying, bye Felicia. <laughs> she went out with drama. She apparently tripped the alarm and like, you know, she probably tried to punch probably. her. Probably. I heard she I threw a, surprised if she tried did to I know. hear she threw a shoe or did they just say on the read she probably threw a shoe? I can't <laughs> Apparently, somebody was saying, like, I think it was April Ryan. I follow her Twitter. She's like, things got very vulgar. <laughs> and then apparently, she tried to pretend she got fired. It's like, you didn't resign. You got yeah. fired. Oh, my God. Oh, or some white people saying on um, Twitter saying, I didn't know Felicia was her first name. <laughs> it was just a but magical moment this- on Twitter. <laughs> yes. Everybody loved it. And now you see he has those two other buffoons. <sighs> Um, everybody was calling them Rayon and Rock. That's Crystal that's and Silk, I think. Something ridiculous. Some, it was like, just mammy, mammying it up. I just, I, where did they even come from? I think they were on YouTube. They had to have been on YouTube. Probably. And like, I don't, I'm just going to say this and like, come at me, I guess. But like, I don't like it when there are conservative black people who think they're super special snowflakes because they're conservative right. black it's people. It's like, I'm so much smarter than everybody else. I get it. Yeah, it's like, chill. <sighs> okay, okay. That was. 
<laughs> that was an aside. Our next response comes from Debbie Williams from at Williams Debbie D. Um, she says, can't stop, which makes me think maybe this is her second <laughs> response. <laughs> These are all, we kept tweeting and you guys kept answering. So we might see her again. She says, the Young Elite series by Marie Lou, which I hadn't heard of. Uh, um, the Epic Crush of Jeannie Low by FCE. Another one I hadn't heard from. <laughs> um, Hag Seed by Margaret Atwood, which I had heard of, but I really haven't read any Margaret Atwood. Atwood. Um, I haven't read much outside of Handmaid's Tale. And, and you described Handmaid's Tale to me, and I was like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> You haven't read Handmaid's Tale? I haven't. It's, it's, it's scary relevant. There were a lot of, well, did you say like all the black people and the Jewish people like went to the mines and died? That's not relevant to my life. Well, okay. I may also be conflating it with the TV show. So in the book, yeah, they just sort of do away with all the black and Jewish people by like, oh, we're just going to ex- deport them, I guess, and send them to some mines where they die. But in the TV show, they deal with it with a little more nuance because like the lady who played, um, who said... Uh-huh. Samira Wiley is the new black is on there yeah she's on yeah. there so and I think they sort of try to deal with race like it's still racist but they try to deal with it a bit more than just oh we got See, rid of because I saw that BuzzFeed article this morning that was like calling them out for not dealing with race and there was a quote in there where the guy was like well we're dealing with sexism and classism and to throw race in there would just be too confusing and too difficult and I was like I knew I didn't subscribe to Hulu for a reason. <laughs> I haven't, like, I still haven't finished the show, so they they probably could do better, I will say that. Um, the show got a bit too real at some <laughs> points, because this is, like, if this had came out under Obama's America, you been like, oh, girl, this fine. is scary, but now you're like, ooh. Yeah, yeah. There is literally a scene, and, like, I'm sure you, they're, they're protesting, like, it reminded me of the women's march. There's a scene where all the people are out, and they're protesting, and then some soldiers come out and just start shooting people. And I remember I read this article and they said, like, the reason that scared you so much is that we as a country have sort of like a social contract where we can do that. We can go out and we can yeah, protest. Yeah, the First and, Amendment. Yes, and you're supposed to be protected. And, like, that book or that scene in the show sort of shows, like, how, how fragile that, would have, that right is. is. Like, yeah, like how... Yeah, how we're just sort of going on this on good faith, and if a whole bunch of the government wanted to bring a whole bunch of armed people to shoot you down, they could, and they could get away with it, and it was really I mean, terrifying. I feel like that is um, a lot of what we're seeing. Okay, sorry, my cat <laughs> just jumped up on the mantle, and she really desperately wants to eat this fake holly that we got, but I'm convinced <laughs> that it's going to choke her, so I'm just going to go run and okay, grab it from her. Do you want to finish this tweet out? <laughs> Okay, I'll finish it up. Um, we have A Monster Calls by Patrick Ness, M- Touch Magic by Jane Yolen, How Reading Changed My Life by Anna Quinlan, and Sing Unburied Sing by Jessamine Ward. And I think out of all of those, the only one I am familiar with, with is Sing Unburied Sing by Jessamine Ward, although I am familiar with, as we just discussed, Margaret Atwood, just Margaret Atwood, just not that title. So, yeah. Yeah. Sing and Buried Sing is just, like, everyone's favorite. And I love how, like, there's been no hype backlash. Everyone's just like, yeah, Sing and Buried Sing. Yeah, that's good. It's great. <laughs> um, when she read, I loved how that was the, her, the selection she read for the award was the tree scene. And I was <sighs> like, oh, yeah. Messing me up. Um, 
right. So do you want to read? Okay. So I guess I'll take on the next one. Or do you is want... that Arlene or is that Tammy J? Rachel B. Rachel B. Oh, there's Debbie's original tweet. Sorry. So her first tweet, she had a lot. She said, um, Eleanor Oliphant is completely fine by Gail Honeyman. Oh, I keep seeing that one. I haven't heard of that one. It seems funny, but it also seems like, oh, maybe this is going to be too real. See, I can't deal with real right now. Um, <laughs> and every morning, the way gets the way home gets longer and longer, and a man named Ove, I have heard of that one, by Frederick Beckman. Hunger by Roxanne Gay. Mm-hmm. And The Weight of Ink by Rachel Kaddish. And so before we go on, I want to say there was another Bayou Book Slayer at Black Duchess. Also, I said Hunger by Roxanne Gay. Yes. So we did. read that one, and I think it was pretty. I think it was excellent. Yeah. She has two books coming out. No. One book came out this year, which I didn't notice because I was still on hyped about Hunger. But she had mm-hmm. Difficult Women. Difficult Women, yeah. Yeah. And then she has another book coming out next year, right? Oh, I think so. I think she does. Yeah. So Roxanne Gay is just working on it. She will blast you on Twitter. I kind of She love will. Her. She will not hesitate. And it's like, don't come. Uh-uh. I don't need to be blasted. <laughs> Did you see the one where somebody said something like, called her the C word and said all this other shit. And then he replied back saying his mom saw the notification. Because I guess she replied back. His mom saw the notification and made him apologize. <laughs> That's hilarious. It's like <laughs> I did not see that. Yeah, sometimes you gotta remember, yeah, they're like literal children, and it's like you can't. So. Yeah. But yeah, Debbie Williams at Williams Debbie D sounds like she read a lot more than all of us do. The both of us. Do. Yeah, yeah, and a lot of books that I was not familiar with. Um, so our next one comes from Rachel B at Jackson Rachel. Um, or Jackson B Rachel, maybe. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> I bet that's it. <laughs> I bet that's it. Um, she says Fifteen Dogs by Andre Alexis. Have you heard from uh, have you heard no. of that one? I haven't either. I have, all these uh, I have heard of the next one she's she listed. What it means when a when a man falls from the sky by Leslie Naka Naneka? Amira. Uh Amir um, Arima. Arima? Yeah. And she says that one blew her away, all caps, which I've heard a lot of good things about that. Yeah, part. I heard that one too. And not, like everyone talking about it means I need to just get on it and read it. Right. I'm, I'm also a fan of the title. It's like y'all. Yeah, it's an intri- it's an intriguing ch- title. Um, let's see. So we're going to go through these because we just have a lot this time. Um, the next one was from this one. Molly tweeted from her own personal account and she decided to roll with it. Accidentally. Decided to roll with it. <laughs> so um, the first one, we had one from, um, yeah, well, the first reply was from our friend Rockaletta Rock, Moss at Unicorn Inc. who said she just hasn't had time to read much this year. But now she has more time and a long to be read list. So I'm with you there because I have all time now that I'm not in class. Um, but April Ludgate at Only Sheree Ray said, Stay With Me, which I don't know who that is because there's no author, or Kindred. Kindred I do know, and Kindred is another one that stayed with me. I think about, I realize I think about that book a lot. Yeah. I back to that. And I think, too, because um, having the, um, like, reading it in a different format, yeah, medium, yeah, also, like, now some of those images are stuck in my head, too, where it's like, oh, shit. Yeah. But I just think about, oh, like, no. who was the kid's name? Rufus. And, like, how he yeah. started out one way and at the end became just such a fuck-up. 
at the end of the story. Yeah, just a little shit. You know, despite all of her intentions to try and like shape him to be some other way. Yeah, he still turned yeah. out. Because I get ultimately mm-hmm. she probably in the span of his whole life saw him for maybe a week. So she could only do so much. <laughs> like it felt like years, but for her it was not that much. Yeah. Um, I think uh, about that so... one too because like I think they've dropped the plans to do Confederate. I think HBO has realized. Oh, really? Because I heard that they, I read some articles like Variety and they're like, production has quietly dropped on um, Confederate. Mm-hmm. They're not going to go ahead with it. It's like, well, okay, just go ahead. If you want to do an alternate reality or some kind of slave thing, do Kindred. Because that's what I would do love Kindred. to see. Yeah, why not? And so, there we go. Well. Um, um, so, let's see. Boog Diggy. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> so at Trucky, <laughs> Trucky Hill Couch. <laughs> Love it. Is that what it's supposed? To be? I think it's the Dave Chappelle reference, right? As print or everything. Uh, also, um, another tweet just popped up that says "How Saga mirrors my own interracial love affair." So that was distracting. <laughs> on black girl nerds. But Boogie said, "Our Boog." <laughs> It's late, y'all. I'm sorry. Book says black privilege, which I think you read, right? I did read that one. Yes. And you said that um, it was surprise. You liked it, right? It was interesting. Um, I have three thoughts. One, black privilege really has nothing to do with the title. I think I said that. He could have named it $5 Footlong and would have been <laughs> just as relevant to what the content of the book was. Two, I was, it was like surprisingly, I was surprisingly inspired by it. Like, his whole thing was like, I'm always honest, even when I, even when you would think it would be a disservice to me to be honest. He's like, like how he ran from getting punched in the yes, head. Yes, he talked about that. He said though because he, and he talked about that specific scene because he's like, it's always honest because if it comes back to you, if you look foolish and like a liar, it looks even yeah. worse. He's like, yeah. when people saw that clip, he mentioned that part particularly. He's like, I told exactly what happened. I said some guy jumped out, punched me in the head, and I ran. So then when that clip came out. He didn't look doubly foolish because he did exactly what like, he yeah. So I mean, if someone punched me in the head, I would run too. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just, I kind of like that. I kind of liked how it's like, if people hate you for being honest, it's really not. And it seems like he doesn't mean honest. Like some people are like assholes and they say, well, I'm just honest. He means yeah. like. Yeah. It's like, I'm just keeping it real. Yeah. No, I don't think he means that. I think he sort of means like when someone critiques you or asks for feedback, because apparently he talks about this thing he had with Kanye and how he's like. Kanye, I really didn't like your fashion line or whatever it was. Kanye was there to promote that one time. And like, you know, he was kind of sensitive about it. But he said afterward, it sort of like worked out. Kanye sensitive? Exactly. He said afterward, it sort of worked out, though, because he thinks that he tr- went back and tried harder on his next effort. So, well, that's good. Yeah. So, and those Yeezuses are, are those Yeezys are selling like hotcakes. So. <laughs> I go back and listen to Yeezus. I really underestimated that. Jesus is that good. Album. Yeah, because I remember when it came out. I've been saying this since Jesus came out. I'm an a Jesus <laughs> enthusiast. And you know what? You said it to me this week. And Frank, my boyfriend, said the, he texted me out of the blue the other day. He's like, you know, Black Skinhead has a really good beat. And I was like, yes, I have been saying this since Jesus came out. Jesus is a good album. It's got some parts that I, to my core, some lyrics that I do not agree with. But it has some good-ass beats. Yeah, and New Slaves. I like New Slaves, so... It's good. It's good. You know what? 
And I'll say it, and I'll be the first to say it. I like Bound 2. You like what? Bound 2. I don't know that one. Is that the song? That That's the last song, oh, right? Oh, okay. Bound, Bound 2. I don't know the titles of the <laughs> I just, because when it first came out, I listened to it all the way, and I was like, eh. So then I would only go back and listen to one or a few songs. Then I decided to go and listen to the whole thing again. So I don't know, I don't remember all the track titles, but I believe you. Yeah, bound to the very last one where it's like, uh-huh, honey. <laughs> but yeah. I don't so. care. I think it's cute how he's like, oh, we made it to, like, maybe we can make it to Christmas. I think that song is cute. <laughs> I don't care. I laughed at some of the lyrics. You're like, don't at me. <laughs> don't at me. <laughs> so yeah. So, but yeah, back to Charlemagne. That one was also an audible one and he narrated it, which I think maybe helped. If I had to read it, oh, yeah. I don't know if I'd like it as much. Her other title, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck, I feel like that's a book I need to read. I feel like I would survive the next few years if I gave, not not stop giving all the fucks, but maybe give fewer fucks. Yeah, and I know um, someone asked me about that one, and they're like, did you read this? And I was like, no, it's one that I always see referenced, mm-hmm. um, but I haven't read it. I'd probably do a library. I don't feel like I want to spend money on it, but I would check it out. Yeah. Because, like, 2017, like, I'm starting to worry about stuff that I shouldn't, that I, like, I'm finding new things to stress about. Yeah. Like, that judicial hearing <laughs> messed me oh up Oh, my so God. Bad. It was like, I don't no, know. No, no, we're going to stay focused on our listener responses. That's what, this is a safe space. Tammy Jones at I am Tammy J gave us a nice visual. It looks like she was at Target. And she said, we are never meeting in real life by Samantha Irby, which we also listened to, which I really, really enjoyed that book. Oh, you listened to that one because you said the narrator was hilarious. I read that one. Yeah, she was hilarious. And she put me on to that head and shoulders for the textured hair one that I use like once a month to get rid of like buildup and stuff. And I was like, when that whole Shea Moisture bullshit was going down and I was (sighs) like, hmm, all right, here's an alternative. I'm, I'm still in her Facebook reading group. So, oh which, yeah, which lately has not done much. It's like they talk about everything, but <laughs> books. Well, they sometimes talk about books. It's not a strictly reading group. Sometimes I think it'd be fun if we had a Facebook group, but then I feel like we'd sort of be. I don't know. I feel like our thing is on Twitter. We could try that later. We can see where it goes. Yeah, I'm not. I, I don't know nothing about Facebook. Yeah, that's right. You're not <laughs> on it because you don't need Zuckerberg tracking you. Uh uh-uh, uh, I don't like. I don't trust Zuckerberg. <laughs> But uh, before I get into a whole rant about Zuckerberg, let me cut myself off again and just say that Tammy Jones also tweeted us, tweeted us a picture of her, like, with um, Black Chicklet, a hope divided, like, was. on her dashboard, which was so adorable. It, it was like, so cute. It kind of hammered home, like, oh my gosh, people are listening to this. Uh-huh. Like- uh-huh. And I almost responded with my, like, Hot Cheeto story, but I was like, I'll just do that on the air so it's not weird. I'll just tell, like, all the people who listen instead of just one that I had the stomach cramps during that episode. Well, there was someone else who was like, I've been wanting to read more. And she said it was because of my Kindle and because of Black Chick Lit. And I was like, I know. And then someone, like, we had a really, like, encouraging month. There was someone else who was like, I think it was after some mess happened. And they're like, tell us your favorite. It was like promoting women. It was like, tell us your favorite african-american podcast yeah host. so it was and like we black t- chicklet and we were tagged with stuff your mom never told you and i love that podcast so i was mm-hmm. like oh my god like legitimate podcast. podcast not like not just the chucklehead 
duo. Yeah, which is what we really should be classified as. Like, <laughs> under the iTunes store. So, like, it's been, I'm really, I'm really happy with where the podcast is and where it's going, and I'm really excited. And I will, I'm going to focus on the positive and not the burning dumpster fire, which hopefully. I know. I mean, it's been, it's been a really good creative outlet over the past year to have this. Yeah, it has. And it's been nice to like, we've connected with people. I don't think I would have, we would have, well, me personally, I wouldn't have connected, had an opportunity to connect with some of these people had it not been for. Yeah. I mean, Jasmine Ward liked a tweet where I told (laughs) Leonie to just go get some goddamn Pepto-Bismol. And I don't think that ever would have happened unless I was like really reading and engaging. Like you could make, sit and make jokes and. But until you, like, open your heart up to other people and, like, talk like you, Danielle, and me, like, making these dumbass jokes (laughs) and people, like, finding, like, community and kinship in that has been, has been, like, a real, like, Titanic raft in this Titanic hits iceberg year. And when we get to a place where the year is not actively, like, we'll appreciate it even more when we're in a, like... I'm gonna Different remember the environment. Like, yeah, when it gets better, I'm gonna be like, I'm really glad I had this, and it's just gonna. Yeah. Yeah. So sorry, I get hard to speak when things get emotional. Are you so, crying? Um, no, I just can't get my thoughts together. I don't. Cry I might. Either. Why not? Don't cry. Shit. That's yeah, been hard. I, like, that was a cool <laughs> shot when they're like, "Oh my gosh, we're on somebody's radio," and my mom's only listened to us once. <laughs> I think out of everything, that really got to me where I was like that looks like a real yeah. fucking thing this was like radio media it's got the little pause button yeah. well because when we're recording this we're just talking to each other and then it gets put somewhere and everybody can hear yeah. it and it's like it's easy to forget when you're doing it like oh yeah we're talking to each other but eventually this is going to go up someplace yeah where yeah, and it, I so. guess like if if it wasn't for you guys, like you, like the person actually listening to us say this right now, then it would just yeah. be us talking to each other. So yeah, like thank you guys so much for like going on this like weird experiment journey ramble rant over the past year. Because yeah. I think it grew a little bigger than we were expecting. It, it has grown more than we've expected. Absolutely. Like, I'm still kind of in awe that anybody is listening to us. <laughs> like, from, um, what's, um, from, um, that, that lady, the very first one who reached out, she's like, um, you're not really releasing on a regular schedule. Oh, did someone do that? I Remember do that. she said, as she did the, uh, tap thing. Um, I'm going to look her up because I definitely want to give her a shout out because it was like the very first person who was like, um, Black Chicklet, I need you to respond. Oh, I think you, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> we were like, well, then man, because at first we were once a month. Yeah. And then we went up to twice a month and it was like, yeah. just to hear that people like wanted to hear from us, I think was the point where we were like oh shit like we should really yeah. uh f- like you know it felt like kind of responsible yeah and i'm wondering and i'm hoping it's because like i remember that was the year i read that apparently black women are the biggest group of readers mm-hmm. and when you look around at like i don't know what you call it book like book social media or like book publishing or book basically books and outlets that are supposed to service serve readers 
you don't see a lot of black women like represented there represented right there. so it's like well we'll just do it ourselves yeah yeah it's like oh so. well you want to pretend like we're not here but obviously we're the biggest group readers right and just from our little like slice of this readership we've had such an overwhelming response from black women that it's like yeah. You can't say we're not out here. And the person I was thinking of was um, Robin Piazzo. That's right. <laughs> Where she was like, mm, I'm going to need she another episode. <laughs> love it. Um, well, we have one final answer. And I want to make sure we do this just because I love her Twitter uh-huh. handle. She is W-E-B Demboys <laughs> at La Jordanista. And she said her best book with 2017 was What We Lose by Zen C. Clemens. Yeah. So, also heard good things about that one. one. Yeah. So, um, we were sort of heading in this direction. So what are your goals reading or what are your book goals? It could be reading. It could be type of reading. It could be the podcast. It could be like, what are you looking forward to doing in 2018? Well, for the podcast, I definitely want to continue, continue to expand. Um, like we had that awesome, awesome, um, collaboration with Mocha Girl Reads. Mm -hmm. You might be seeing similar collaboration with that coming up. Um, Mm -hmm. I guess to go to the, uh, well-read black girl, like Mixer in LA. And that was, like, super, like, stupid fancy. So, it's... She, like, that whole account is, like, aspirational. Big sister. Like, I would love to be a... Right? Like, they're over there, like, just high polish. Like, high gloss. And we're, like, here, (laughs) like, making our memes. But you know what? It's aspiration. Exactly. Um, And just bring, like, different types of content to the podcast. Which, again, we've got some... Some things in the works, which I think you're going to like. I really enjoy doing the uh, live tweet of Queen Sugar. <laughs> that, that was, was a lot of fun. And the live, the live tweet of the book award was really fun. I think we got, like, a lot of engagement. Yeah, we, we really that. did. Um, so. And then for books, like, just continue. Like, I set out really intentionally this year to read a lot more genre and to mm-hmm. read um, uh, more varied, like, uh, uh like uh nationalities which i think i was able to do um Mm -hmm. so i don't know i don't know like i don't know if i want to focus again on genre um or if i want to go back to my literary roots if i want to try maybe reading some shorter books because i definitely definitely read some like bricks of books this year you did maybe i will say reading um different time periods because as you know like I really struggle with things with before like the 1920s (laughs) 1930s 40s like that's really difficult for me to um to get into so maybe yeah maybe going back and trying to examine like some time periods outside of what I'm what I usually read would be my my goal for next year what about you well for the podcast I would like now that I have more time to like, I would also like to do different types of content. And I think you meant just audio, but I would also love to do like more written posts. We do have a blog <laughs> that gets updated once every four score uh, years. And I thought it'd be fun to do video. I had, did a test on oh, um, the Instagram story that was once. Cute. And I think we had decent, like our 
Instagram follower is not as large as our yeah. Twitter follower, but I got it got like a decent number of views on it, and um and that was a lot of fun. So I was like maybe some kind of video thing, but I video would be hard one because it's there's a higher like barrier to entry to do video. You have to have more expensive equipment. Blah, blah, blah. And you can't just, like, sneakily when you're sitting at somewhere and see, like, a tweet come up and be like, right. mm, let me respond to this right in the moment. <laughs> exactly. It takes a lot more planning and forethought. But I think it could be it could be done. Um, that would be one thing. Like, maybe not as often as we did podcasts, but that could be a fun thing to do, like, every once in a while. Do some type of video. Um, and sort of just do more on some of the form in other formats that we have. Because, like, I think as you sort of touched on, my the audience is there and they want to interact. And it's just like we can provide the content. Nobody else is going to provide that content. We can. Have you been on BookTube before? I have actually, just recently. It's so I get so frustrated with BookTube because it's mostly there aren't a lot of people mm-hmm. of color, and it's almost all white. Like yeah, it's, it's very hard to find like the literate. Well, you can find it, but it's overwhelmingly white. Yeah. Weirdly. I've I've seen a lot of horror genre booktube. Oh, see, okay, you may have found your your niche, but sometimes I just want to like do general books, and it's like here are the books I'm reading, and it's always like, well, I'm not going to read any of those. Yeah. So I would love to like just sort of expand, and you know, keep keep getting those followers, and and more than followers, keep getting those yeah. engagements because I think yeah. you know. So um, book wise, I was thinking about this this year. Um, I want to read more diversely, and I think what I mean by that, I think I need to sort of expand outside of, like, just books by or about black people, because I naturally Mm -hmm. read those. So I would want to try and include more, like, Muslim authors or, like, international, Asian, um, Hispanic, and that's where I'm really, like, I'll say I'm reading diversely and I'm reading people of color, but the large majority of it is African-American fiction, which I'm not hating on me reading African-American fiction, I'm not saying that, but, like... I need to stretch myself. Yeah, you want to always be expanding your personal boundaries, too. Yeah, I think we should all all be doing that. And, like, as I'm fine reading. Like, I don't need to sh- sh- stretch myself to read the black fiction. I find it. So I really want to make a more concerted effort to read more of those stories that I don't, that aren't necessarily my own identity. I was thinking about that. Like, I don't read a lot of LGBTQ books. I don't read a lot of um religious minority books like Muslim voices or Jewish voices or Hindu voices. I don't read a lot of just international or um, not even international, Asian American, Hispanic American. So that's what I want to sort of aim on in 2018. And I think I'm going to amend my form so that there is a question specifically asking that, like what experience or something like that, what experience is this Mm -hmm. book about or so instead of maybe POC of color, be like, well, what ethnicity specifically? Interesting. So that was it. I think we've got some big. This is a super sized episode. We're almost at Whoa. two hours. Damn. Yeah. Don't ever say that we don't do nothing for you. <laughs> That'll get you right? the year. Like, you can listen to an hour now, listen to the other hour you know, later. Break it up. I'm sure there's a natural break in so. there somewhere. <laughs> oh, I want to make sure I mention this before we go off the air. It has. Nothing really to do with what we were just talking about, but it sort of does. So you mentioned Morgan uh-huh. Parker. Did you see the tweet Morgan Jerkins sent out where she was like, dear, dear publishers, I am not Morgan Parker. <laughs> I, we are two different people. I didn't see that. I'm like, oh, that's I will say, though, that I have to so. double check the whatever I tweet, though, on TweetDeck, and I have to double check and make sure the picture is right. 
So yeah, I'm like, that's kind of stuff. Well, I mean, it's what okay. Twitter is one thing, but if you're a publisher, like you're gonna pay to do this. <laughs> double, yeah, check. double check. Come on. Come on get get your stuff together. Get your so, shit right. I'm also really excited for like I want to do more to like maybe authors who are lesser known. I really want to read that one lady test uh whiskey. Oh Urban. yeah. She's such a sweet yeah. like it's really easy to flatter us and make us feel I know, right? Like it's like <laughs> one person will like like a tweet and like, Oh my god, did y'all did you see? Oh my god. <laughs> An author liked our tweet. We've got to read her book now. I mean, so. okay, so we need it. When does her book come out? Uh, let me Google that real quick. Whiskey. I hope I have them in the right order. Whiskey and because that was the one when we asked everyone where what book what new releases are right, you most excited for. Right, and we for. saw that. And she was. Um, let's see. Her name is Lisa Lisa Cross Smith, and it comes out. Oh, this is twenty eighteen. Come on, guys, get it together. Uh, March 8th, 2018. Oh, okay. I was going to say, because we need so. a January read. Doesn't, um, more, speaking of Morgan Jerkins, I think her book can't come. Doesn't she have that one that looks, it's about intersectionality between, not mortgage rates, mortgage, mortgage. I'm typing with one <laughs> hand because I'm holding the phone with the other. Um, she has a book coming out, I yeah, think. Yeah, I think soon. so. When does it come out? This will be my undoing, living at the intersection of, is it, living at the intersection, it come, oh, well, it's like literally the last day of January. Um, what were you going to read? What was, um, Sister Soldier book? Because that was our oh, okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I think we just decided the Should first Should January read, just um, be our Urban Lit Month? Because we would have read, um, this could be us, but you play in, in January of last year, right? We did. So I think January should just be Urban Lit Month at Black Chick Lit. I mean, let's make it. Yeah, so our next read will be Coldest Winter Ever by Sister Soldier. Sister Soldier. So it's an Urban Lit class. I'm excited because it's Urban Lit, but it at least has the first, like, Somebody probably yeah. This book. I so I read this book in because it's been around for a in long college, time. and I remember like saying yeah, and then I read it again as an adult, and I was like, oh no, little girl, <laughs> little girl, what are you doing? So this so, should be a fun discussion. <laughs> this should be interesting. I'm just, I think it, all the words will be spelled correctly. Oh yeah, it's definitely it, like it's definitely edited and it's like well put together. But yeah. I'm like, oh my god, Which, like these teenagers out here. Like well, I'm an old woman now. <laughs> where's where's? Oh, you're not. I'm yet not 30, yet thirty. Are you? No, that's, that's, that's next, next year, year, right? That's soon. <laughs> Ooh, yes, but yeah. So I remember. Yeah, I think having an actual, like more traditionally published book. Because I felt like I was attacking that book unfairly, but it was so badly you know what? put together. Girl, so I think, save it for January. I'm sure we're going to have a lot to say. Lots. Well, it sounds like we just decided our first quarter if we do the coldest. Yeah, and then we do Morgan Jerkins. This will be my undoing in February. And then we do Whiskey and Ribbons in March. Boom, you heard it here first. Um, I mean, I don't know where else you would hear it, but um. <laughs> But yeah, that sounds like a good a good lineup. I'm excited for 28. Well, literary. I'm excited for the literary yeah, 2018. I'm. I'm. The rest of 2018 is still in flux. I'm. I've got hope in my heart after seeing Amarosa kicked out. <laughs> 
and seeing this civil war amongst the black women start and picking my side early on. Um, I'm excited for Black Panther. I'm excited for Atlanta to come back. Oh, I'm super hyped for Black Panther. You just mentioned this. I am. I was thinking about taking that day off. <laughs> like, I'm not kidding. I was like going to email my friends and be like, I know there's going to be a Thursday showing. Are we going to go out Thursday and see it? Because I will take that Friday off. <laughs> go see it again. I'm not playing with you all. I love Chadwick, even though Bozeman. I can't remember his last name ever. Bosman? <laughs> Bozeman? I love him. I just can't remember his name. I was rewatching Civil War, and I was, I don't know what happened. I just got suddenly hyped. I think I'm looking for things right. to be happy about. I mean, that's all you can do. And my heart was like, yeah, my heart was like Black mm-hmm. Panther. That's mm-hmm. it. So, um, yeah. And so, I think we're in the midterms. So, 2018 should be 2018, more. I feel like 2016 was like, is this for real? 2017 was like, oh my god. And 2018 was right, is like yeah. swinging for the fences. Like, no motherfuckers, <laughs> you. What is that? What is it, Saruman? Not today. You shall not pass. <laughs> it's like, not today, yes. motherfucker. Not tomorrow. Not next week. Like, let's go. Let's roll. Yeah. Alabama was kind of the hope, was like the lift I needed. We got a little bit too Oof. close to electing a child molester, and he still hasn't conceded. <laughs> But I'm glad, like, black women came out, we're like, we're going to have to fix this mess, aren't we? And right? Black did. women was like, you might not love Thank yourself, but I love myself <laughs> not enough you to, you know, enough not to vote for a child molester. Yeah. So, so I think, you know, it's, it's just going to be painful for a while. Excuse me, alleged. And I'm just trying, <laughs> alleged, uh, no, uh, this ain't a newspaper. <laughs> I'm not, no, he, he's a child molester. <laughs> He's got, if he comes after us, he's got bigger fish to fry. Go he's going to come after life. us on that horse. Um, <laughs> that poor horse. I like how everybody on I like how white people horse. came out and were like, that's not how you ride a horse. I'm like, I want to take it from you, that white people. <laughs> I'm like, there are bigger discussions we need to be having, but that's okay. Um, but yeah, so I'm looking, Black Panther is happening. I was thinking about that. I was like, you know what? It's in Black right. Panther. Right. And Atl- I think yeah. Atlanta comes so. out that month too. I didn't see, I've got to catch up on Atlanta and Insecure. And Insecure is going to come back. I don't have cable. Ugh. So just keep being out there and keep being black. We've got to think of our, what was our. So even more black. So 2016 was blacker than ever. 2017 was um, even more black. 2018, I feel like it's got to be like an active fighting. It, we've got to, like, we've got to say that we're here and we're not about this bullshit. It's like, anymore. I'm black and I'm not about the bullshit. Yeah. So, we got to think of a more succinct and poetic way to say that, but yes. I think that's the right choice. It's like, it could be um, just black. Blackness. <laughs> if one of y'all's black mamas says something Please really tweet inspiring, us. tweet it to us so we can consider it. Preferably something about Boo Boo and his um, doings. <laughs> Who <laughs> and who is not boo boo? <laughs> was it just boo boo in your house? My yes, house it was boo boo the fool in my house too. It was like, do I look like boo boo the fool? But I really want to know what boo boo is doing. Like, where is he at? How, is he okay? Being a fool, apparently. But no. I want, I want better for boo boo. <laughs> 
actually never got that from my mom. I think I got that from my Oh, dad. really? My mom definitely. He was about all those weird southern, southern like, ways to, like, tell your child. Right. Like, my, my mom had that, yeah. and then my dad, and he had um, Porcadillo, which was his one-armed nemesis. And Porcadillo, I think, means pig of God, he said. And then there was another term that I'm blanking on now, and it means, like, your head is, like, long and pinched at the top. And it's like... Pinhead? Well, it's Italian dialect for shithead. Uh, oh. And now I'm going to have to ask him, like, what the word was specifically. <laughs> but, yeah, it's like all these old-timey insults. I will say another goal for 2018 is, like, merchandise, just so we can plaster some <sighs> the ridiculous stuff we say. Yeah. On things. We, that is something we like, were working I wanna, on. You might be saying. Well, we gotta we gotta get that basic like banking thing worked <laughs> out because it needs to be hooked up to a bank account. And, yeah, so I gotta deal. With, we gotta deal yeah. with that. But yeah, like I want a mug that just says "Even More Black," right? Or what was it? Stay black and keep reading. Was that something you said? Something was just said in this episode <laughs> that I thought was great. <laughs> Bitches be reading something. I like that. We stay. be reading. <laughs> oh, um, <laughs> reading black females. <laughs> yes. But yeah, maybe we'll do this. Stay black and keep reading. Like. Just something I can put on a mug yeah. and everyone knows what I'm and about. And when I'm at work and I'm drinking it, people are looking at me like, huh? I'm like, what does the mug say? <laughs> so, all right. I think this was a nice. Extremely a nice long. <laughs> double side. Well, we're going to say it's a jumbo, jumbo side. Yeah. It is technically two episodes. Episode. Like we were going to do two, but it, yeah. it couldn't work out time-wise. So. Yeah. We needed to get this in before the end of the, new, before the, end yeah. of the year. Yeah. So, and holidays, it's going to be a mess. So. <laughs> so, that was it. This is our chat and our final episode all rolled into one, which may just be a thing we're doing because we just run out of time <laughs> at the end of the year. Um, you all know where to find us. We're on Twitter at blackchicklit.com. We are also on Instagram at BCL Podcast. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or if you'd like, you can email us at contact at blackchicklit.com. Yep. And um, you can find us on Twitter, also our personal Twitters. Um, yeah. This month, I'm Butterball Jackson at <laughs> at M one, and I will give you a shiny Twitter star if you know what that is a reference to. Because my boyfriend was like, "Why the fuck are you Butterball Jackson?" And I was like, "You don't know," and I was super bougie about it. Um, or you can find. Um, Danielle at Danny Lacey and she's Danielle Michelle and she's got a super cute Steven Universe um header which I'm totally in love with I put that up because I was like I was really anxious and stressed out and I was like I need some calm right so I put that up and I I can look at it and I can remember that if I could love you song from the album Mm. it's like I could just look at it and just de-stress so it's very soothing it is very soothing i heard cartoon network benevolently was like you're going to have two new episodes in january kiss my ring it was like like, we we know you need this but two why not just show them all that's a different podcast we'll have one day we talk about different content a steven universe podcast wouldn't that be great we could just do like each episode oh my god we gotta handle the podcast. We gotta right talk now. offline before we start recording another one <laughs> yes. about that. But I would do. That. I would. Be, I would be into that. Another thing I would love to do is like commentary on just the Black Rodgers and Hammerstein Cinderella. <laughs> 
where like, you just watch the movie and it's just us talking about it. Have you seen those? I have. I mean, because I have a lot of thoughts about that version of Cinderella. And you should share them with the world. <laughs> I need to share them with everyone. So that was another thing I thought would be fun. So we'll see as our media empire grows. Maybe we'll have room for those one day. Uh, okay. Well, guys, you know where to find us. You know yep. what you're reading. We know what's going on. And we will see you in January when we read Coldest Winter Ever by Sister Soldier. Thank you again for yep. a wonderful 2017 and for really being that that candlelight we in the, the darkness, darkness that we needed. And if you want to give us a Christmas gift, if you're like, hey, I want to help support those two, you could go to iTunes or Apple Podcasts or whatever the hell they're calling it nowadays, or Google Play and rate, review, or subscribe, because mm-hmm. that helps other people find yeah. us. And like every time we discover there's a new review on we there, we freak out. We you don't even know. We, we really we legitimately freak money. out. Yeah, money could not, you, nothing you could buy us could make us that happy. <laughs> so thank you all again, guys. Hope you all have a happy new year. We'll see you. On twenty in twenty eight, we'll talk to you in twenty eighteen. Yeah. Bye guys. Bye.